Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. I got to eat more of this. I got to, I feel this way, so I must fulfill this emotion. I must fulfill this desire. The body's in control. The soul may be crying out, you know, you don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need, I just, I just, I don't need that. I know what this, where this road is taking me. I don't need that. But the body is in control. And the body tells the soul. The soul says, spirit, stay inside there. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Welcome everybody in the room with us today. Everybody joining us from online. Thank you so very much for joining us. We know God has a word in store for you and we thank you for watching and for listening. All right, we're going to go back into the series entitled Rediscovering the Kingdom. Amen. We are rediscovering the kingdom of God, and this is thrilling. I believe this is part number 11, and I almost want to say that this is the beginning of another series. Uh, this is, yeah, part, it's part 10, I think, part 10. And I also, uh, I want to think, I want to say that this uh, may be the beginning of another series altogether, but we just, just have to see. Today, we want to speak from this subtitle of Anointed to Rule. Anointed to rule. Now, I really want you to get this. I really want you to hear this because the question always goes through my mind and I find myself really praying, Lord, where is the connector? Where is the connector? The connector to or the or the link or the, the linchpin, if you would say, that would get us from uh, the man that would get us to uh, get us from um, from the Bible into word manifesting in our lives in a greater way. I'm thankful for the miracles in the word. I'm grateful for the miracles, signs and wonders that were done by the, by the apostles. And I want those things to be manifested in my life on a regular basis. And you must have them manifesting in your life on a regular basis. The move of the spirit in this time will be far greater than it was in that time because the darkness is a lot greater now in this than it was in that. So we're praying, we're crying out for manifestation. And we do know that there is a set, there are set times and seasons for everything. We understand that. But we're praying that the Lord give us resources and strategies and scriptural references so that we may apply these things to our lives and see the kingdom of God lived out in us and also around us on a regular basis. There must come a time, and I believe there is coming a time, if it's not already now, where the supernatural becomes normal for the children of God. And not something abnormal, where the, where we are uh, walking on the water of the storms of life, where where, the, where we are overcoming, where the Lord gives us divine knowledge, words of knowledge on a regular basis, words of wisdom, gifts of healing, working of miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, discerning of spirit, where we're walking with the spirit 
every single day, every single day of our lives in the spirit. Where we no longer allow or no longer uh, rely on our physical senses, but we are sensing things through the power of the Holy Spirit. We must become who we are, fulfilling that potential of being spirit creatures. More spirit than flesh. Does that make sense? When God created man in the very beginning, and we'll get to these things, man was first of all spirit. And then he was given a body. God made him a body. It wasn't the, it wasn't opposite of that where God makes a body and then he gives him a spirit and then man becomes living soul. No, man was already in existence in spirit form, but man needed a body in order to interact with a physical world. But you were first spirit. And then God gave you a body. So when Adam and Eve walked around in the garden, they walked around as spiritual creatures. Yes, they had a human body, but they were more spirit. This is why they, death had no power over them. Sickness had no power over them. But when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they lost that identity of being spirit creatures. And they began to identify with the natural. I'm naked. I got to put something on now. Their eyes, in effect, were put out. And they began to see themselves, began to see themselves as natural creatures living in a natural world, also having a spirit. It really matters where, how we see ourselves, and, and we need to come back to our true selves. Spirit, I am spirit. I live in a body, and I possess a soul. When God's word comes to us, it comes to us as spirit. We receive that word spiritually, and really, it's meant to be where our spirit man dominates or rules over our soul, and our soul rules over our body. But in effect, what it has become is for many is that when God says a word, the soul stands up and says, well, let me think about that for a minute. I'm not sure if I want to do that or not, God. The spirits tend to decide, yeah, you receive that, yeah, but I'm going to make that decision whether I want to do that or not. The soul dominates. Or it could be where the body is in control. Ooh, I want me some more of that. I got to eat more of this. I got to, I feel this way, so I must fulfill this emotion. I must fulfill this desire. The body is in control. The soul may be crying out, you know, you don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need, I just, I just, I don't need that. I know what this, where this road is taking me. I don't need that. But the body is in control. And the body tells the soul. The soul says, spirit, stay aside there. But it must be where we receive a word from the Lord. Because the spirit man is in control, the soul must comply and say, yes. And the body must comply and say yes to the soul. Where when a word is spoken to us, we don't just hear it, but it becomes living in us. We hear a word and that word causes us to act. We don't have to think about it. 
We just act on it. That word that is spirit comes upon our spirit and we receive it. It is engrafted into us. It is engrafted into us. And our body begins to move with it. There's no debate, no wonder. The word is in full control. So we're going to have to begin to say, I am a spirit being. I have a soul. And right now I am housed in this body. And you find out that as the more you confess that, the more you realize who you really are, oftentimes you may feel trapped in your body because you know there's something so much bigger than you that's, that can be seen here. The real you is so big that the Holy Spirit of God lives in it. God, who is spirit, spirit lives in spirit. When you feel with the Holy Spirit, feel with the Spirit of God, he did not take up residence in your physical body. Your body is affected and influenced by it. But if God filled your body, then if, if your leg was cut off, then you'd have that much less of God. Right? But no, he is in your spirit. And your spirit is meant to dominate your soul, your will, and your emotions. And when your spirit dominates, when the spirit of God, when you allow him to rule over your human spirit, when things are out of control in your soul, it is a spirit that goes in and begins to divide the soul and begins to untangle lies and tricks and deceptions. You'll understand that even when you are thinking about some complex things, God gives you some complex strategies, you'll see how you'll come up with things that you didn't know because it's the spirit that deals with your spirit and your spirit communicates to your soul and begins to unravel things that are there. Have you ever had a conversation with someone or you're talking, you're, you're talking, but as you're talking, you're able to think at the same time. Thoughts are coming to you while you're talking. There's conversations going on inside of you while you're talking. You are focusing on what you're going to say next. You may be looking around. You're looking, you're looking at the other person's expression. You're thinking about how they may be feeling. And as you're talking to them, Thoughts are coming to you. Wait, wait a minute. It's like you have two minds. It's like two minds are in place. Well, it's your spirit man. And God is communing. The Holy Spirit is communicating with your spirit man. And there's a conversation in the mind of Christ on the inside of you. There is a mind above your mind in operation. And when we acknowledge that mind that is above my mind, the, the mind of Christ working in and with my spirit, then my body, then my soul must then comply. But that's why your soul has to be trained, has to be trained to think that God's way is a perfect way. I will follow what he says to me. I will do what he says for me to do. My soul will comply. My thinking must be changed to be in line with his thinking. Does that make sense to you? 
You're more than just a body. You are a spirit. You are a spirit. And God has called your spirit to rule. He's called you to rule. He's called you to reign. Now, the word rule, and again, we're speaking from the subject of anointed to rule. Say with me, I am anointed to rule. Now, rule means to control or have control of or have dominion over an area. It means also exercise ultimate power or authority over. And we're going to see this in the word of God, how it was always God's intent for you and I to rule. Always his intent for you to exercise authority, to exercise control. This is one reason that we get so very nervous we get very antsy. We get afraid when we're out of control. We feel caged in. We have no control. We can't move. We can't operate. Your body reacts. We become fearful because that was never supposed to be. He made you to exercise authority, to have control, to have dominion. This is why some people, too, you know, they can be a little bossy because they realize, hey, I'm supposed to control. I'm supposed to rule. But even that must be tempered, and we're going to look at that. So let's go back now to Mark, the first chapter. Mark, the first chapter. Let's look at the verses uh, 14 and 15. I'm going to go back to those once again. The Bible says, now after that, uh, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, uh, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. The kingdom is here. The rule, the reign of Christ is here. And we will rule and reign with him. Let me show you also in the book of Luke, Luke 12 chapter. Luke 12, we're going to look at verses 29 through 33. I have a lot to give you today, but we won't give it all to you today. We're just going to have to go again next week. Luke 12, verse 29, says this, And seek ye, rather, and seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. Verse 31, very familiar, right? It reads like this in Luke. It says, But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Luke omits the phrase, and his righteousness, because Luke combines it to the kingdom of God is righteousness. He says, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Verse 32, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to do what? To give you the kingdom. To give you the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not only resources, but it is power, the power to rule. The power to exercise authority. The power to exercise control. Power. Man is looking for power. That's why he tries to amass so much wealth. He's looking for power. That's why he tries to uh, dominate other people, either through witchcraft or either through 
uh, extortion. He's always trying to look, trying to get the upper upper hand. He's always looking for power, looking for ways to control, looking for ways to dominate. And that's all been all throughout history, as as far as slavery, uh, the caste system, the class system. Rather, you know, the rich, the rich and powerful are going to lord it over the poor. Man is always looking for power. Why is that? Because it's in us, but it must be tempered. And one thing that you'll find is that God never intended for man to dominate man. Never did. Never did. Jesus says it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom to give you resources, to give you control, to give you rule, to give you authority. Your father wants to give it to you. He wants to grant it to you. And it is granted to you when you believe in Jesus Christ. When you receive him as your king, when you submit to his authority, when you allow him to rule over you, you'll find the greater manifestation of that glory, of that authority in your life. Are you with me? Where are we positioned to rule? I want you to get these key scriptures in your thinking. Where are we positioned to rule? Because your position, the position of your authority, the position of your rule is everything. Think about a courtroom uh, type of experience uh, the judge always sits higher than everybody else. Why? Because he is in control. He sits in the high chair. Think about a king uh, in his kingdom, a, a king in, in his palace, in the, in the throne room. The chair always sits higher than everybody else. It's a place of dominance. It's a place of control. So wherever you are positioned, that will determine your level of rule or authority, right? Let's look at this. Let's look at Ephesians 2, verse number 6. Ephesians 2, verse 6. The Bible says here, just one verse, and has raised us up together and made us, talking about Jesus, Jesus raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. And the scripture is very plain as to where Jesus is seated. Where is he seated? At the right hand of God. Man has been granted, born again man has been granted the ability and been granted the right, the privilege, the honor to sit with God. Sit in Christ, not apart from Christ. Sit in Christ. The word in can also be interpreted uh, with or by. You are either sitting in him, that blows your noggin, or sit it or seated by him, or seated with him. One thing is very true: no one sits in the presence of God except for Christ and those that are in him, with him, or by him. When the archangel uh, Gabriel came into the presence of the Lord, or rather came uh, to uh, Elizabeth, or rather no, came to Zacharias, and he told Zacharias, hey, you're going to have a son. 
Zachariah said, no, I don't know if you think about it. You know this, Angel, you haven't read my profile. Obviously, I'm old, he said. And my wife is Elizabeth. Well, she's well stricken in age, too. She's old, too. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God. Angels stand in the presence of God. But through Jesus Christ being the son, Jesus has made us sons of God. The Bible says that as many as believed him gave he power to become sons of God. You are his offspring. God is in you. You are in him and we are seated in Christ. Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He's given us the ability, the, 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 uh, the privilege to sit with him. And because we know that there is nothing above Father God, everything else is beneath his feet. This talks about the level of authority and rule that he has given unto you. Sickness is not above you. It is beneath you. Sin is beneath you. The things of this world are beneath you. Say with me, I am in Christ. And Christ is in me. We are one. Because of that connection, hate is beneath me. All these things, these negative things, darkness is beneath me. If it was above Jesus, then we would have something to complain about. But because we are positioned with him, all this stuff is beneath me. Remember, we are spirit. Yes, you do live in a body, and I'm thankful that you still do live in a body, or we couldn't talk right now. You do possess a soul, but that soul is to be submitted to your spirit, to the word of God. Make sense? Now, what is the power behind your rule? What specifically is the power behind your rule? Let's go to Philippians. Philippians, very simple here. Philippians, the second chapter, verse 10 and 11. Now, this is what the Father did for Jesus. It says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Three realms. The Lord Jesus, the name of Jesus, has authority. Things where? In heaven. Things where? In earth. Things where? Under the earth. You speak the name of Jesus in any of these places. And this heaven is talking not about not only the heavens of heavens, but this heaven is also talking about the second heaven and the first heaven as well. The heaven that is the atmosphere above the earth, the, where the demonic powers or the uh, fallen abide there in the heavenlies. They're trying to um, throw things down on you, trying to uh, prevent uh, God's holy forces from coming to you. The same thing that happened with Daniel, you know, when Daniel prayed and the Lord sent an angel, sent a message to Daniel through an angel. The angel said, Daniel, I was trying to get here, but the prince of Persia withstood me. That was a, uh, a fallen angel. There was another type of demonic or satanic spirit that stopped him 
from trying to get to Daniel. So and that was taking place there either in the first or second heaven, definitely one taking place in the third heaven where the throne room of God is. So Jesus, the name of Jesus has authority in heavens and it also has authority in the earth and also under the earth. God gave him that name. Now look at verse number 11. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee is bowing and every tongue is confessing Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is Lord. They're confessing that. Why, why do they have to confess that? Because you always have to confess the dominance. They may not want to. These, de these demons or satanic spirits may not want to. But they will bow. They bow to the name of Jesus. When you declare his name, you speak his name by faith. And you say to these spirits, you must go in the name of Jesus. And you understand that you are seated in him. Think about the throne room of God. Think about a, even a courtroom and your father is the judge. We are seated with him. That means when decrees go forth, everything else, everything else is beneath your feet. Everything else is subject unto you. Father said, I've given you the power to rule. And he's giving you a dominion, a territory to rule, not to carry out your will, but to carry out his will. As long as we understand that, the problem happens when we begin to deviate. I got control. I'm going to do what I want to do. The moment you do that, you leave his authority and you seek to influence or create your own kingdom. Jesus said, when a, if a branch is really broken away from me or taken away from me, I mean, it's, it's going to die immediately. He said, without me, you can do nothing. That branch withers away and dies. Well, we find that man can be so prideful. Ha, I know how to do this, and, and I, you won't rule over me. You, it's so we can, and we can feel it and know it, and it feels horrible. It feels horrible. But listen, it's the word ruling over you. God never called a man to rule over another man or a woman to rule over a man. And he never called us as humans to rule over each other. He called us to rule. And I will, I'm going to tell you it soon. <laughs> won't get to all of this today, but we'll get to some of this. Will you stay with me? Amen. Now, let me give you three places the Lord told you to rule. Three places he commissioned you to rule. Number one, let's go to 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, verse 27. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 7. 27, rather. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. The first place he called you to rule is over your own flesh. Over your soul, over your flesh. You got to rule over you. Rule over you. And bring yourself under subjection to the word of God. Make sense? Look what Paul said. He said here uh, in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27, it says, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. 
least by any means. When I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I bring my body under control. You going fast, body. You going to get up from this bed, body, and you going to pray. I keep my body under control. My body does not rule me. I rule my body. You rule your soul. I will not think about that. I refuse to think about that. This is what I will think about. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am seated with God and seated in Christ and with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God. I will think on these things that are good. I will think on these things that are profitable. I will think about all these negative things. Soul, I rule over you and I will not think about that. Now, who's telling the soul not to? It's your spirit, man, exercising dominion over soul and over flesh. Unless you take that control, it's not going to. Your mind can run off with other thoughts. Unless you bring it into control. Your body will run off, especially at the dessert table. Unless you bring it in control. You got me? The spirit must dominate. In other words, again, it is the spirit of God that is meant to rule over our spirit. And then we bring our soul and body under subjection. We say over this kingdom, oh, you going to listen to Jesus. Got me? The second place that he's called us to rule is in our own home. He says this in 1 uh, Timothy, the third chapter, 1 Timothy, the third chapter. And um, he's talking about the office of a bishop here, but it also relates to us as well. 1 Timothy, the third chapter, verses 4 and 5 says this. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Got to rule his own house. Of course, when the Lord's speaking of ruling, we'll see this further on down and as it relates to those in your own household. He's not talking about putting your thumb on their neck or your foot on their necks. He's talking about governing and taking care of, looking out for their well-being. And you see this. And last, he's given us dominion and authority over darkness. Very familiar scripture. We, there are tons of scriptures I can give you for all of these. But let's look at this one. Luke 10, you know this one very well. Luke 10, verse 19. The Lord says here, Behold, I give to you, what? Power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He said, I've given you these areas to rule over. Now, are there many others? Maybe. But I know the Lord has given me these three to give to you today. He's created you to rule over you. 
you are spirit. So the man says, I just couldn't control myself. No, you're lying. You could. You just didn't. Right? We could have. We just didn't. Right? He's given us a rule over us. He's given us a rule over our own households. And there's only so far that you can really care for or take care of and govern those that are in your house, especially when your children get older. There's only so much you can do. There's only so much. You're going to govern them, give them the word of God, and then they've got to make their, their choices, their decisions. As your children get older in the Lord, or as they just get older. And the third thing is, he's called us to rule over darkness. Devils, demons, poverty, anything the devil brings, because the Lord has, the Bible says that Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of darkness, to destroy the works of the devil. So he's given you authority to handle it, to rule yourself, to rule your home, to rule over those things that would come against your home. You have the authority. You are anointed to rule, meaning you shouldn't be running from the devil, but the devil should be running from you. You got me? When we get back next time, Oh, I cannot wait to get into this. So I'm not. I won't get into it today. I cannot wait to get into this. I, I'm telling you, I can't wait to get into it. So I look forward to another part of this on next week. I pray that you're ready to dive in with me on next week. And really just be influenced by God's word. So take those things to heart. Father, we thank you for the words you've given us today. Lord, Lord, we pray that you would continue to speak to us by your spirit, spirit to spirit. Thank you, Lord, for touching our bodies, letting us always feel your presence. It's so good when, when our bodies feel your presence. We love feeling your presence. And Lord, we thank you that when your word is implanted in our soul, it makes us feel fulfilled. And it cleans out all the junk that's there, all the junky and terrible thoughts. And we thank you, Father, for living in our spirit. For your presence is there. And we receive you. Father, teach us to rule well. Teach us to rule well. May we yield to your wisdom and to your instruction. May we also repent of any negative or repent of any worry or hostility or pridefulness or anger, unforgiveness. May we repent of all of those negative things, all those terrible things so that we may be free. Free to love, free to give, free to do what you've called us to do. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for speaking to us. Continue, Lord, also to, I pray, continue to also teach your people. Give them divine instruction. Lord, I thank you that you are. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.